This is the Ned Group Investments Podcast, a space where you can learn more about our fund managers, the funds they manage, as well as getting up-to-date and important developments affecting the investment world and how they might be relevant to you. So our next presenters are Anthony Sedgwick and Rashad Tayop, both from ABAX Investment Fund Managers. They are the fund managers of the Ned Group Rainmaker Ned Group Entrepreneur Funds, which are both equity funds, which is what Anthony is involved in, and Rashad looks after the Ned Group Flexible Income Fund, which is more, of course, in the cash, enhanced cash, fixed income type space. What we've challenged them to do is each one in just 10 minutes to present their case for equities or fixed income. So we're pitting the two colleagues against each other to make the case for whether we should be investing in 2021 in equities or in fixed income. Hand over to Rashad to make the counter argument. So Rashad, handing over to you. Uh, Morning, everybody. So, I mean, Ant obviously went a bit over time because it is quite difficult to make the case uh, for equity. So he needed a bit more time. And I'll start off by you know, countering what he said in terms of uh, yield. So yes, we understand that equity yields are, you know, at a, at, a, at, a, at a very attractive level relative to leaving your cash in the bank. But what I'm not, I'm not proposing that you leave your cash in the bank. I'm proposing that you invest in the flexible income fund because it's not just parking it off in the bank or parking off in money market. So this chart here shows a history of the repo rate as well as the 10-year bond yield. And you can see that blue line shows you the repo rate has been cut quite aggressively. So we were we were around 7% and we basically been cut in half to about three, 3.5%. So the repo rate's been cut quite aggressively. So no, we know that money market yields are quite low, but you're still getting quite decent yields out of the bonds, they barely they barely moved. So you're getting nine plus yields on a 10 year SA government bond, which is effectively, you know, it's 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 guaranteed. And so you can get decent yield out of the fixed income space. And that's part of the reason why we have increased our SAGB allocation quite substantially from about 5% to the 15% level. We As Nikki has pointed out and Anthony, we all admit, and it's something we've talked about for a while, is the fiscal issues in South Africa are significant. The the risk is there, and that's why we're not at 40 or 50% in bonds. Even with that yield advantage, we've increased it within moderation, and we've increased our FX exposure in order to hedge some of that downside risk. So we understand the downside risks there, but we do believe you can get a very attractive yield and there are mechanisms like diversification and FX exposure in order to control the downside risk. The second thing that we have in the fixed income space is we've got the only asset in the world which guarantees the real return of your capital, and that's an inflation-linked bond. And here we're getting yields of around 3% real, which means that your real return is guaranteed at 3%. If inflation ends up around 4%, you know, you're going to get a 7% return if you have a very high inflation scenario, you, you can end up, if inflation's at 10%, you're gonna end up with a 13% return. And yes, in equities are an inflation hedge over the longer term, but there's no guarantee of that. We've seen periods where equi- when in, in a high inflation environment where equities can underperform for a period, 
and he, whereas an inflation-linked bond is is the only thing that is going to protect the real value of capital. And here we've moved, we've increased inflation linkers significantly in the portfolio. Earlier this year, we were sitting around 5% inflation linkers. We increased that to 15% in the mid, in the shorter term inflation linkers. And it's something where if we see a bit more value, we will continue to increase that. So yes, money market rates have de have decreased. But if you look at where we were in terms of bonds and inflation linkers at the beginning of the year, we were 10% combined. Now we are 30% combined. There are ways to mitigate that lower yield in terms of the money market by having more real and nominal bond exposure. The other thing we've been looking at quite closely and we have over a period of time is convertible bonds, whereby you got the potential for having the best of both worlds. A convertible bond you know, gives you a fixed return with upside participation to equities. So if you buy a convertible bond and a recent example is a SAPI issued a convertible bond, if it doesn't perform, what you've got is a fixed yield bond giving you about 5% return. If it does perform, yes, you may not match the stock return. So the stock return is in the blue line. The convertible bond return is the orange line. Yes, you may not match the equity return, but you participate with a lot of that upside. And if for some reason that we go through a bad equity period, the stock underperforms, you do have that fixed return to, to bank on. So 5% over a five-year period, Worst case scenario is still getting around a 25% return, whereas if you're in the stock, you know, you're going to have a, a potential for a, big, a very significant drawdown. If that stock halves, you're going to lose half your money. So convertible bonds give us the opportunity for the best of both worlds, and that's why it's one way we have been allocating. And the final, just before we talk about diversification, the final slide is just showing you what the Saab has done in terms of quantitative easing. They are still in the playing a traditional role where they are not printing excessive amounts of money and looking to you know, in, inflate away the debt burden. So yes, we had some quantitative easing, some bond purchases come through in April, May, where they were supporting the bond market. But since then, you look at July, August, September, it's basically nothing. So we've got a traditional SOB, which is telling you that you are going to have an inflation targeting framework and you're going to protect the value of the currency. At this point, they are still following that framework, which means that holding RAND denominated assets, which can give you a decent yield, is still an attractive opportunity. At some point, that framework might change. You might get a new governor. You might get a new type of monetary policy. And, that, and at that point, yes, you might say, I want to hold a lot more equity. But until that point, bonds, inflation linkers, money market is still a reasonably attractive risk return proposition. And when you combine that with a diverse portfolio, so we're not just putting our assets in money market, you've got floating rate notes, bonds, linkers, preference shares, convertible bonds, some offshore exposure, and we have FX hedges in place, which we manage. All those combined give you a, a reasonable fixed re return with downside protection, and that means that this is going to give you an attractive return which protects capital and when those equities do dip it's going to have you're going to have the ammo to go in and allocate to that point in time so overall fixed income is still a very necessary part of your portfolio we may not get those 10 percent plus returns we got two years ago but we're going to protect capital we're going to give you a decent return and we're going to be able to give you the ammo to buy those dips when the time is right Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, Rashad, for that. I do have one question for each of you. 
The instruction is you have 30 seconds each to answer it because we're very tight of time. I'm going to ask you each of it. Anthony, in terms of equities, South African listed equities, and if one is thinking of increasing one's equities, based on what you were presenting, would you tend to, would your message be to, to the listeners on the webinar to be going more into, let's call it the SA Inc type stocks, or would you favor more going into the whole market overall, which as you showed, has about a 60% exposure to offshore revenue? And then Rashad, just for you, We've seen that the RAND has strengthened over the last six weeks or so. I mean, it hit sort of 15.20 to the dollar, having been at around the 16.50, 17 area for a while. I see you do have about 20% in offshore at the moment. Have you increased your offshore allocation as the RAND's been strengthening? Or if you can just comment a bit on the RAND and your your sort of offshore versus domestic holdings. Guys, please, 30 seconds each. Anthony, to you first. Trevor, my straight answer to that question is you want both. I don't think you want to be too clever in choosing SA Inc. over the, over the RAND hedges. If I look at the portfolio, we've got very healthy exposure to SA Inc., which we think can recover in the form of the banks and some of the retailers but it represents about 40% of the portfolio. And on the other side, I'm still very excited about the prospects for our mining exposure. We're very positive about the outlook for copper, for iron ore is very high, the PGM still look very good. And then of course, in Nuspas, we're still very positive about the prospects for Tencent. And we are delighted that the discount is finally starting to get an increasing level of attention from the management of that company. So the straight answer is both. You want a balanced portfolio that contains all of those categories. Okay, so on, on for my side, you know, the RAND has made a remarkable recovery. A lot of that has to do with the monetary policy out of the US, and you can see the dollar has come under significant pressure. As the RAND's strengthened to, through the 16 level, we have been adding FX exposure. So from a low of about of about two or three percent, we increased that now to eight percent. So we have increased it quite substantially, and that's that that tells you our view in terms of where the rand is versus uh, fair value. We think it is now getting to the overvalued levels, and you're seeing a lot. I think the sentiment is quite stretched. A lot of people are very bullish on emerging markets. You know, a few months ago. You couldn't uh, give away South Africa, Turkey, Brazil, Mexico. All of these were basket cases, and now suddenly they're the, the shining future for the world. So, in in times like these, you've got to take advantage of these changes in sentiment and be increasing your FX exposure at these levels. Thank you very, very much. Interesting comments and answers there as well. To both of you, thanks for your participation and presentations. Appreciate it. And just to everybody on the webinar, in, in terms of our portfolios, actually, in our domestic funds, we have been sitting quite materially overweight, fixed income, flex income, post April when yields spiked, and it's been a great sort of recovery in the bond market. And actually, recently, we have also been um, increasing some of our domestic equity exposure. So I guess we're sitting in both of these camps. Negroup Collective Investments is an authorised collective investment scheme manager in terms of the Collective Investment Schemes Control Act. Negroup Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. 
For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit negroupinvestments.co.za.